With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Alright folks, welcome to episode 2, season 2, of Hamill and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well Danny, we're Liverpool fans um, who were born in late 80s and early 90s. We've been through it. Were we shocked in any way, shape or form what happened against Leeds there on Saturday? Because I know for me personally, not one tiny bit of me was shocked. That was, for me, it was just typical Liverpool. It was like... Something I've grew up watching, and uh, we got the results. That's what mattered. How, how did you feel about the the Leeds game and, and the opening week weekend in the Premier League? Yeah, all in all, the opening week in the Premier League was quite good. Um, the games are quite staggered. You wonder whether the future of football is going to be that every single game is going to be on TV now, you know, because of no fans being there, and obviously it's bringing in revenue for the clubs and stuff. But even once the fans come back, I think they're realizing how much of a lucrative market potentially having every single game live is but obviously it means that loads of teams aren't playing you're not getting the usual Saturday three o'clock tons of results coming in um but so ball and all it was a good good weekend it was a good weekend to be able to watch football there's plenty going on uh, and the games were pretty decent to be fair uh, I watched quite a few of the games over the weekends and it was a good um good watch good viewing I think the teams came out sharp I think the new teams that have come into the league they conceded a lot of goals um but they look good and it looks like it's going to be uh, a good season all in all as you said Liverpool they never cease to amaze you do they <laughs> and it was it was an interesting watch as I, I predicted last week and I 3-1 so I thought it was going to be a scoring game never expected 4-3 um, but Leeds looked good I thought Leeds looked a good side and they looked like they were going to they're going to give a lot of teams a good run for the money this season um, but at the same time, as you said, knowing what Liverpool are like, knowing the mentality that they've got at the minute and stuff like that, each time, I remember my wife coming in just as they'd equalised for three all, and she said, oh, what's happening? Are Liverpool going to draw this? And I said, oh, no, we're going to win. I said, but we just keep scoring. I said, that's the problem. I said, we just keep conceding. I said, but we're going to keep scoring and we'll win it. There's no reason why we won't, we won't win this game. And we did. And that was the thing, is that you know Liverpool have the potential to come back and win games like that, but at the same time, there's a little bit of work to be done there. For me, just overviewing it and looking back on it and watching our match of the day, I think it shows us how much we need Fabinho in that midfield. As soon yeah. as he gets onto that pitch, as soon as they subbed him on, he just he, he, he just helps that back line just be that little bit more solid, just gives them that little bit more help, um, which we needed. And that's not to say that at the middle of our park got overrun because it didn't because obviously most of their goals actually came from the left-hand side um, but I think he just gives the back line just that little bit more confidence um, so I think he showed his worth in that game even though he wasn't actually playing all that much but all in all it was it was an interesting game and for the neutral I'm sure if you were the neutral watching that game it was a great game to watch like. Well I think um, I think the whole of uh, the island of Ireland that didn't support Liverpool become Leeds fans 
Um, <laughs> and they were just wait. I was, I was, I was waiting for all the posts and all this and that um, on social media. But I mean, Dan, it was silly mistakes. I kind of, kind of like Van Dyke. He very rarely makes a mistake. You know, there was a few mistakes in the game that you kind of pinpoint, even on lead side as well. Mm. Or pressing game, being noble to pressing game. But it was actually for me, it was good to watch a team go from like you know, for, I'd say about 60, 70 minutes of that game, it was just end to end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was just back and forth the whole time, wasn't it? Just going, um, I thought they had a couple of really strong looking players. Um, Bamford up top looked all right. Yeah. I, I think he could have finished four or five chances. Uh, and he had, he had a lot of chances to be able to, where his touch was just slightly off or he just didn't quite get there. He just was sitting on his heels a little bit. Um, the left winger, his name um, has gone out of my mind, but he looked he looked solid. It looked really really good, really quick down that left hand side, whipping in crosses. Uh, he had the beating of Trent all day. I thought. Um, so yeah, I thought Leeds looked really strong. They looked really good. Got a good back line there. Um, I think they were a little bit unfortunate to concede four goals, and I don't think you'll see that happen in every single game. I uh, thought Struick looked good at the back for them, looked good, solid partnership back there. Um, and yeah, I think Leeds will give, as I said before, I think Leeds will give most teams a good run this season. Um, but yeah, mistakes, I think, helped with that scoreline. I think, as you said, Van Dijk, real easy mistake, just real blasé. Just to uh, Jack, Harrison. Jack Harrison was the one you were referring to. Jack Harrison, that's the one. Jack Harrison, he was Jack really Harrison. quick. Like yeah. He reminded me of um, Ryan Frazier, who's playing at Newcastle now. Just really quick out the blocks, just really good low centre of gravity. The way he beat Trent uh, and then Gomez to be able to slot in that ball into the bottom corner. Um, he just looked really good, really good balance on him. I think he'll be a threat this season. Um, so for anyone doing Fantasy League, I think he's worth putting in. Um, and, yeah. And uh, yeah, so Mo Salah, the, the four-season four wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what can you say? At the end of the day, I mean... It takes balls to step up in the Premier League and hit penalties so confidently, um, especially for a team like Liverpool. And I mean, the other strike was phenomenal. I mean, tell me, how do you think Mo Salah? Because last season, Salah kind of had a bad season compared to his previous season, but he still scored 20 odd goals and was a Premier, a Premier League winner, a World Club winner, mm. um, and a Super Cup winner. So, how do you think Mo Salah's season is going to go? And what did you think of his performance you know, against Leeds? That's the thing, isn't it? Is that any other player? I think if they had a season like Salah had last season, you'd be singing his praises and saying he's amazing. But Salah set such a high standard for himself that last season, by his standard, was a bad season. And you look back at him and said, oh, he didn't play all that well. He's not doing all that good. With anybody else, would have been all of the newspapers and what an amazing season, three trophies, 20 goals, all the rest of it. Um, but as you said, Salah's set a pretty high standard for himself. But I think he came out of the blocks on Saturday with his new haircut, looking professional, and, um, yeah, he he, sh- he stepped up his game. I think Gary Neville was talking about it in commentary, wasn't he? And he said that the Salah just looks a different level to anybody else on that pitch. Yeah. And he did. Um, what did you think of it? It was... Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I was watching the, the review that Gary um, Neville done. And he, he, he picked out a few moments. And he does just look a different class. Just little turns on the ball. He was doing stuff that maybe you just expect of him these days. And laying off simple and stuff. And we know he's got that bit of greed in him. We know he is. But see, I'm speaking from experience here. You know, see, as a, as a forward player, you need to have that little bit of greed in you because see if you're too nice and too kind of passing the ball too much, he's not going to get the goals and the, the numbers he does. I think, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's something like maybe 130 appearances for Liverpool there, thereabouts. And he's got about 75 goals. Um and another like twenty thirty assists. Like it's, I think that's just in the league as well. It, 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 what what Mo Salah is doing for Liverpool is phenomenal, you know. Yeah. And he's only really the likes of Messi and Ronaldo have done better in history. And he's not he's not an arm and a leg off what they're doing and what they've done. Um, so I think if you're looking at the next potential best couple of players in the world, Ballon d'Or winner, I think you've got to you've got to consider the likes of Mo Salah in that category because. Like who else can do it? Okay, Mbappe, Neymar, but Mbappe's got years. He's still young. And Neymar, he's flaky, isn't he? He's he's brilliant, but he's flaky. Yeah, I think if Salah's another good season, he's, he's got to be up there for like contender for the the Ballon d'Or and, and even the Golden Boot in the Premier League again. Um, but this is the old 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 saying. I think in generations to come, Danny, I think we'll look back at Mane, Firmino, and Salah and think that well, if one of them or two of them don't turn up, the other one always does. 
sometimes all three of them turn up, sometimes two to three turn up. And this is the thing, you know, Mo Salah turned up last week. And that's, that's the age-old game of this Liverpool team. And I think that's what this team will be remembered for, as those from three. Um, as much as we, we the, the role that Henderson does and Fabinho does is great, and even young Curtis Jones come on done a good job. Yeah. And Van Dijk at the back, he'll be remembered. But those from three, as I say, Firmino and Mane didn't particularly have a great game. They didn't play bad, but they didn't have a great game. But Salah I did have a great game. And that's just the difference in winning trophies and, and not. Because for years and years watching Liverpool, we were so close to winning trophies, but we we always missed something. And I think what we missed was those ruthlessness in front of goal. I think that's what we've all, we could, we've always pinpointed the defence, but we had pretty solid defences against uh, when we had Rafa as manager and even Rodgers. I don't think the defence was the worst, but I just think we lacked that ruthlessness up front. And with Salah, Firmino and Mane, it's the best run free in the world and I don't think anyone could dispute that. What about you? Do you think the same? Yeah, what do you think about the fact, just staying on that subject but moving on a little bit, but what do you think about the fact that it came out, a lot of the newspapers, a lot of blogs this week were saying about the fact that they think Liverpool's front three are suffering from lack of competition. Steve was saying that they think Liverpool need to bring in another striker. He said about that, because obviously Firmino missed an absolute bag full of chances. He could have maybe have had six or seven goals in that game, Firmino. Um, a couple of real... like. Ones you'd expect Firmino to put into the back of the net, and he didn't. Yeah, and a lot of people were saying it's because they're suffering from a lack of competition, and Liverpool need to bring in a top striker that's going to force them to play. Who do you bring in that's going to be on the bench? You know, like Arigi. Well, we've discussed Arigi. I'm a fan of Arigi. I think as a football story, he's been at Liverpool probably from from before Klopp, the very start. He's been loaned out to I think Wolfsburg and. There was a season where he played about five games for Liverpool, and sorry, a half season where he played about five. And he's not the level of those three, but he's kind of he, he can do a job. Like he's, he's he had some big performances and big goals in him. And uh, you can't you've got to be a special player to, to even still perform at the at that level. But he's not at the level of those from three. We know that. But my point is, is who are you going to find that's going to sit on the bench like Origi and be happy with it? Origi knows he's never going. To, he's not in those in the category of those three. He still like last season. He still played forty odd games and won three trophies. You know, so who's out there that's going to be had to sit on the, on the bench? The only thing I can think of is if you bring up a player like slightly past it in, like a Suarez, but then he's gone to Juventus, hasn't he? Mm. Um, I just don't think there's anyone out there that's going to push youngsters. You know, Brewster, yeah, but is he even going to be at Liverpool? We've discussed it last week. Is he going to be at Liverpool? Is he going to be unknown? You know, it's hard to know exactly um, who could come in. So I agree. With, I agree with what people are saying, but at the same time, if you've got three players. And I will go back to my old point. The three players, even though they haven't got the competition as such, if two of them don't turn up, they've won well. Yeah. And that's that's still special, you know, regardless of who who's like kind of waiting to take the place. Um and hey, let's not let's not rule out Minamino. I think he's got a big season in Minamino. I think he could be he could be Firmino's level in, in a couple of months' time. You know, he's, he's definitely got it in him, you can see it. But he just yeah. needs game time. But how do, you, how do you give Minamino you know, game time whenever, you know, and then you've got the likes of the Ox who can fit to do a job as well, you know. It's, yeah, I don't know, Danny. I think, can't be careful what you wish for, that's what I say. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. I think Klopp has tried to do it to a certain extent, as you said. He's got he's got Minamino, he's got Origi, he brought in Oxlade-Chamberlain, he brought in Shaqiri, uh, all players that he wanted to challenge and he wanted to give the front three a little bit of competition. But as you said, it's it's trying to get that balance. Klopp isn't the type of manager that wants to create competition. He's not a Pep Guardiola who brings in two players for every position. He wants to make his players feel comfortable and make them feel like they're, they're not continually fighting for their lives and creating that animosity. Um, he's just not that type of manager. But he has tried to bring in competition, but the competition just hasn't done the job. Like, not always his fault. Shaqiri's a great player, but he's just been injured. Oxley chamberlain has been injured as well. Minamino, it takes time to settle into the Premier League. Origi, for me, probably isn't like at the level that he's going to challenge the front, the front three. So it's a, it's a hard one, as you said. The same with Suarez going to Juventus. There's a potential of even trying to bring in like Higuain to come and challenge them and stuff like that. But as you said, <coughs> bringing in older players that, yes, can do a job, but they're never going to be a starter. Against those, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, that's what I'm trying to say. Who, who do you bring in? Like that's that's the, you know, Liverpool been linked in the past with Mbappe and stuff like that. But you know, the likes of Mbappe isn't going to sit in the bench. No. He's coming in for someone, so it's 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 interesting. But yeah, um, 
Overall, we got the win, so we're happy enough, aren't we, Danny? 4-3. Um, you'd take any kind of win in the first game of the season. And statistically, Jurgen Klopp's first Premier League games were always a plenty of goals, so I'll, uh, I'll eagerly anticipate next year, <laughs> you know, for the first game of the season. So, yeah. So, what we're going to do now, folks, is... Um, we're obviously going to pre- preview the Chelsea game. I think Danny's got a couple of questions for me. But before we do that, we're just going to do our, our little review of our top five managers in the Premier League um, this season. Now, we've not put great, great, great deal of thought into it. It's not one of these where we've analysed everything and on what, what the managers have done. We're just giving our top five um, managers that are currently in the Premier League. So, for example, you couldn't have a Conte used to manage Chelsea because he's not there. So, I'll ask you, Danny, if you don't mind to go from your number five to your number three say and then you can do your top two and I'll give you my three and we'll go like that happy enough okay um oh it's a, it's a hard one to do isn't it like I was looking through the managers and it, it depends on it's really going to depend on preference and I know I know when I go through my list people are going to go I don't agree with that at all and that's fine and there's no problem with that that's what football that's what football's all about. um so at number five I put Jose Mourinho Jose Mourinho is my number five uh, great manager yes he's not done the best at Spurs, his Man United run wasn't the best either, um, but Man U- but Jose Mourinho has been a, a serial winner for years, he's won so many different trophies, so many different competitions, uh, got the best out of his players, he's done it on both ends of the scale for me, so yes, he done it with all the money at Chelsea, and yes, he won the league and he won all sorts of different trophies, but he also <laughs> done it with Porto, and he won the Champions League with them when he didn't have a great team. Um, so for me, Jose Mourinho's got to be up there. He's a, he's a top manager. For me, he revolutionised football when he came into Chelsea with his whole, his pattern and the way that he was with the, the media and different things like that. Um, Jose Mourinho's up there for me. Um, so yeah, so he's number five. Uh, number four, I've put Nunes. Nunes for Wolves. Um, right. Because <clears throat> I just think the way he has revolutionised that team, yes, he hasn't won anything, but the way he has revolutionised that team, when Wolves came up into the Premier League, automatically, as you can imagine, it was Wolves are, are relegation contenders. They're going to have a good shot at going down again, fair season. Uh, I can't see them really doing anything. But yeah, he has got boys who were championship players. He, he kept a good bulk of his team and brought in those Portuguese boys that he brought in, Raul Jimenez and all these different boys. Uh, and he, turned that, he has turned that team into an absolute machine. Like obviously first season in, like you look at that first season, they came up into the into the Prem. Uh, they beat Chelsea, they beat City, they beat Arsenal. Like they were just they were beating top teams. Um and he just and he hasn't just done it the once. He's done it season after season after season. To put that team with the likes of Connor Codian, who was playing championship football and playing in Liverpool's Academy beforehand. Um the likes of Doherty and all these different boys that he's got playing for him, and to get them to be playing consistent European football every season, like I think just for passion and just for the amount of graft he's put in, like he's got to be up there for me. So he, I put him in as number four. Um, I like the way Wolves play, and I like what he's done to that team since bringing them in. Uh, controversially, my number three. So my number three is Jurgen Klopp. I've put Jürgen Klopp in at number three. Wow. Um, right, Jürgen okay. Klopp, yes, over the last couple of seasons in quality. Obviously, he's won all sorts, won the Premier League, won the Champions League, won the Super Cup, won the Club World Cup, all this different stuff. He's a, he's a quality, great manager, and he's going to be remembered as being an absolute legend at Liverpool. Um, but for me, there's just two managers as a whole, if you're looking at careers, I think there's two managers that are slightly better than him. So I've put him in there at number three, um, and I think he will go higher. We keep... We look back at this if we do another one of these next season or something like that. He'll be higher up the list. Uh, but yeah, Jürgen Klopp's number three. Yeah. Well, I think um, the way you've done it, Danny, is slightly different to the way I've done it, which is it's good to have the contrasting opinions. Yeah. I kind of know your top two. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and I think, I mean, I could be wrong here, but my number five, uh, sorry, my number four is probably going to be in your top two. So I've done it a bit differently. I've done over the last two, three years, um, okay. which is why Mourinho doesn't make my top five. Mm. So, my number five, um, for what he's done, quite simply, Burnley is just, for me, is unbelievable. Burnley, I mean, I think they were punching a championship level, not my Premier League level. Mm. And no one sits there now and be like, Burnley, Premier League, everyone's just accepted in Premier League. So, Sean Dice. Um, plus, he's scary. I, I've got to put him in my top five. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say no to him, but I, whenever, when you actually listen to him, so 
it, it's mad because being a football fan and having a family the way we do and stuff, and you, you never stop, you never actually get a chance to sometimes listen to like in depth analysis. Mm. Um, but, but how, how much goes into being a manager? But I've, I've listened to Dice just by fluke a couple of times, and he really, really is a top top manager. And I think he's one of these boys that I think he's had opportunities to leave Burnley, but he's, he's never jumped ship, he's waiting for the right opportunity when the time comes. Yeah, um, so for me, Sean Dice, um, yeah, and uh, for me, uh, you said in the minute at, at, at Wolves, I, I kind of gutted him and put him in because it was probably a flip between him and uh. Dice, but I think Dice just pushes it because I look at Wolves team and they have quality as well. Burnley are more of a team, if you get what I mean. So I think Wolves have been lucky enough with some signings to like to try always and stuff as well. I look at Burnley and it's a team full of average players, but they, they can they perform every single year. So they must get behind that manager more than anyone. So for me, Sean Dice at number five. Number four, um, a little bit, kind of, what he's done in the past, but um, more what I can kind of see him doing right now at Evan is Ancelotti. He's been there, he's, he's wore the T-shirt. And, and you could argue, like, why have I not put Mourinho in? Because um, Ancelotti's in it. But the way I'm looking at it is I've, I've done over the last two or three years and I can just see the difference he's made at Evan already. So, yeah, for me, uh, Carl, Ancelotti, I'm, I mean, with, what, what can you say? He's, he's, he's won the Champions League. Obviously, he was the Champions League, he was the manager of AC Milan back in the day when we, got, um, when we beat them. And he's just been about. And you can just see he's just, he just reeks class. Mm. And as much as I hate to say, I think Everton the team to watch this season. I think Everton are going to be dark horses. Um, some good, good, shrewd signings. And for me, over the last couple of years, he even done a great job at Napoli. So yeah, I'm going Ancelotti number four. Uh, my number three, and again, <laughs> it's hard to kind of um, it's ah, it's it really is hard. But I, I'm I've actually changed my mind. I've, I'm keep saying I'm not going to put Mourinho, but you know what? Because of the Ancelotti number three, I'm going to actually put Mourinho in. I really am. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I was gonna put I was gonna put Arteta, but I thought to myself he hasn't actually done much. He's won the FA Cup for Arsenal. Mm. Um, but thinking about it now, if I'm putting Ancelotti in because of what he's done in the past, I'm gonna have to put Mourinho in. I'm gonna think Mourinho's done a bit more than um, than Ancelotti. But it's it's such a tough one because I wanted to put Arteta in, but he, he, apart from the FA Cup, he's done nothing, and it's it, it's so hard. It's so I'm really undecided here, Danny. But I think just. <laughs> I'm trying to put my personal opinion of Mourinho out of it. So, take the fact that I don't like Mourinho out of it. I think he deserves yeah. to be in the top five. So, yeah. It would have been Arteta on likeness, but on um, on what, what he's done, Mourinho's number three. So, um, I think I know you're top two. <laughs> but we'll, uh, I'll let you say them anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, leading on from what you said there, as you can imagine, my number two is Carlo Ancelotti. Absolute quality manager. As you said, do you know what? I was thinking a lot about the uh, the whole lockdown situation, and I think Everton are one of the few teams that have really benefited from lockdown. Um, yeah. Because Carlo Ancelotti has a style of play that would be very defensive, soaking up a lot of pressure, playing the ball out and passing. And Everton fans don't want to see that. Everton fans want to see that spark, that counter-attacking football. That's kind of always been their style of play. Like getting off the pitch, running it. and um, They don't like that patient build-up type play. So... I think they spoke about it, Jordan, the derby, when Liverpool Everton played in the derby at the end of last season. They said um, Everton fans wouldn't have allowed Everton to play the way that they did against Liverpool if they were in the stadium. But I think lockdown has allowed Ancelotti to bring in his style of play, to be able to put it on the players and get them to practice it in games. And I know they spoke in commentary there at the weekend about how Spurs didn't play too well, Spurs didn't take the chances. But I watched that game and Everton, to be fair to them, as much as I hate saying it, Everton dominated that game. They passed well, they played well, they were an absolute unit. Really, really hard to break down. Uh, and under Ancelotti, I do worry about what Everton are going to be like this season because I think they look like real contenders to be able to push up there. Like. Um, but yeah, you look at Ancelotti himself, just a few different stats there. And we've got like won the Intertoto Cup with Juventus, won the City R with Milan, the Coppa Italia, uh, the Champions League with them, the Super Cup, the Club World Cup. He won the Premier League with Chelsea, the FA Cup, the Community Shield. He won the league with Paris Saint-Germain. He won the Copa del Rey, the Champions League, the Super Cup, the World Cup with Real Madrid. It goes on because he's done it with Bayern Munich and he's got loads of individual awards as well. He's a, he's a top quality manager. Um, yeah. So yeah, for me, he's up there. And he's number two only because he hasn't been in the Premier League that long. I know he was there with Chelsea, then he's been out and then he's come back again with Everton. Um, 
So that's why he's in there at number two for me. So yeah, put everyone in suspense and give you his number one because I'm sure absolutely no one in the world can guess what, who he is. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so as you can imagine, my number one is Pep Guardiola. Um, taking aside, and do you know what? It was a really hard decision because for me, Pep Guardiola, unlike the likes of Ancelotti and, and, play, and managers like that, Pep Guardiola's only ever managed top level. They only ever manage clubs with massive bank accounts who can bring in whatever player they want, uh, and he's done it like that. But you can't, you can't overlook the fact that he's he's won everything. He's won so much. He's he's completely revolutionised. For me, he has revolutionised football when he's come to when he's come to England with Man City. The way he's got them playing football, the hunger that they've got, and the way that they play. I think the only thing you can ever put on his on his career in terms of with Man City is the fact that he hasn't won the Champions League. Um, but all in all, like his style of play, the way he plays, I like it as as a someone watching football, and I can imagine as a Man City fan, you would love him because I like that thing of the way that he's created competition within the squad. He's got everyone fighting for the place, so that whether they're playing bottom of the league or top of the league, they're playing against themselves constantly. So their team is always playing top level football. Um, so yeah, you can't really look too far past Pep Guardiola. So that's why he's there at my number one. What about you? Fair enough. I will. I think it's, people aren't going to struggle to guess my top two. Now, it's a tough one. All the reasons you stated. The reason my number two is Pep Guardiola is this. He, I agree, he's revolutionary football completely in the English game. Can't disagree with that. But it's because he's done it at the top, top level and he's, he's not done it at like, you know, a, a level below and, and built a team. Yeah. Pep Guardiola has won all these trophies. I But you name the clubs he's been at Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Man City, money's no object. Yeah. And I can't dispute uh, this, this team to play amazing football. But for me, I think, and I've tried to look at the last couple of years, you know, if, if you're looking at it as a, as a whole, really, um, it'd be Mourinho, um, Guardiola, and um, Ancelotti, that would be the top three. But I'm not looking on whole, I'm looking over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I think there's been a wee turn between Guardiola and Klopp. So that's why Klopp is obviously my number one. Mm. And I think Klopp won the Champions League. What for me? Here's why I'm picking Klopp as the top manager. Obviously, I'm biased, but take that aside. Garley Older has been given all this money and the best players in the world at our team, and he's just gone right. I want A, B, and C, and he gets it. What Jurgen Klopp has to do is a bit more shrewd. He's built Dortmund into a team from like they were an average team into Champions League finalists, and and they won the the Bundesliga. Same at Liverpool. He's built Liverpool from an average top six team to. Premier League and European champ- and world champions and for me I think there's more building than what Klopp's done and I think for me he's more of a, a plus he's, he's got more charisma and I think over the last couple of years Carly Old has got a little bit snappy and he's still a cool dude but he's just a little bit more for me I think if you asked this question last year or the year before it's Carly Old wrote a question of a doubt but I think over the last couple of years I think there's been a wee turning point between Klopp and Carly Older. and I think Klopp has been for me it's become the best manager in the world. And I tell you, see the day he leaves Liverpool, he leaves Liverpool, it'll be a sad day. And I'd say there won't be a club in the world that wouldn't want him. I think the boys, you know, in Manchester, and um, we're recording this podcast now over Zoom, as we always do. And I'm currently in Liverpool, which is which is quite good. Um, but the boys across the road in Manchester, like I, I'd say they are absolutely devastated that they haven't got someone like Klopp. Mm. You know? So I wouldn't even make my top 15, I don't think. Yeah. So... <laughs> I just think that Jurgen Klopp, he's, he's, he's got the charisma, he's, he's got the track record, and he, he, he's, he's built projects as well. I think a lot of people, anyone, well not anyone, but a lot of people could have, could have took over Man City and Barcelona with those types of players and one things. Um, I'd love to see um, Garlio go to like a, you know, maybe an international team that isn't that great, or like a, like a, like a top six team and see what he could actually do. Because... Yeah. Um, all the managers in the top five I've stated, the likes of Dices, Mourinho's, as I said, Arteta, but he didn't quite get there. Um, and and you know, even him and this and stuff, they've all built, got teams and have improved them to like, um, they've had a project. So regarding the older, I'm not saying it's not a project, I'm not saying that he hasn't been successful, but he's had some head start, I think. And that's, for me, that's why Klopp's number one. And I think there's been a turn and, and I think watch the space for Klopp and Guardiola because I think that could be the new Wenger and Fergie in the Premier League over the next three or four years if they stay. Mm. Um, I think that's the new rival in world football, to be honest with you. I think you're looking at two, probably two of the best teams in the world for the next two or three years. And I think it'll be interesting. And I can ultimately see Man City not winning the Champions League and Garlio, they're just kind of 
saying he's, he's done what he can. And I, put it this way, if someone said to me, who's more likely to win the Champions League next two or three years, Liverpool or City? I'd say Liverpool all day, every day. Yeah. So that, that's enough. So you say he hasn't won the Champions League at City, and I don't think he will win Liverpool as good as they are. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? As you said, it all depends on how you're looking at it. And like, as I said, I put Eppers in my number one just because of what he's won and won it at so many clubs and different things like that. Um, but if you asked me today and you said to me, right, this is your club, this is your team, you're building something from scratch, who do you want as your manager? Pep Guardiola or Jürgen Klopp? Picking Jürgen Klopp all day, and I think 99 out of 100 teams are picking Jürgen Klopp all day because Jürgen Klopp is the type of manager. He's he's not just a good manager; he's a good coach, and I think that's what you want. Is not just someone who's going to be a good manager, but someone who's going to coach well as well, uh, and that's what he does. I don't think Pep has the ability to be able to go through academies and sift out quality players. Where Jürgen Klopp has a has a track record of it, brought in Salah, who generally had been rejected at a lot of different clubs, brought him in playing really, really well. Brought in Sadio Mane playing at Southampton. Yes, he scored the fastest hat trick, but apart from that, he was playing at a mid table club. Brought him on to be one of the greatest forwards now that that is in world football. You look at Abama Yang, you look at Lewandowski, you look at all of these different boys that he has brought through yes. and he has nurtured. I don't think Pep Guardiola could do that. Um, so that's the thing is that like if you're looking at it here and now Jürgen Klopp is absolute top quality and I yeah. think if you look at their careers at the end you'll see that Jürgen Klopp will have will have won a lot and done it in a far better way than what Pep is Pep will probably have won more than him because I can imagine if Pep leaves now he will go to another 1% club who, who has the money to just throw away and just keep buying players and keep buying players. As you said before, you couldn't see Pep Guardiola taking over at a, at a Borussia Dortmund or doing a Benitez and going to Newcastle or something like that. You couldn't see him doing that. You could only see him staying in the clubs where he's got unlimited amounts of money to throw up whatever player he wants. That's the thing, yeah. Good point. So you can see Jürgen Klopp doing the job at Burnley or, or, or you know Newcastle. So you couldn't see Guardiola doing the job at Burnley or Newcastle. You just couldn't imagine him if he wouldn't want to get in dirty and stuff. But... Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's our top five, man. That was interesting, Danny. It was good, uh, good to discuss. So we're going to take a wee short break and then we're going to do the wee preview for Chelsea. And I think Danny's got a couple of questions to try and catch, out, catch, catch me out like I did with him last week. <laughs> so in the meantime, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, everybody, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Right, so we're going to be looking at the Chelsea game this week. So Chelsea, obviously, come out of the blocks, doing pretty well. Um, won the Carabao Cup round, won the Premier League game. Um, Lampard looks like he's setting them up to be a pretty solid squad. Haven't even seen all the new signings yet. Uh, Thiago hasn't played yet, and Chilwell hasn't played yet. But they look like they're setting up to have a good season this season. So Liverpool are going to be playing them this weekend. What? What do you think it's going to be like, Emma? What do you think this game's going to be like? Because Chelsea, obviously, was solid attacking team. Same with Liverpool. Uh, is it going to be an end-to-end, or is it going to be a little bit etchy? Or what do, you, what do you think it's going to go like? Well, obviously, the famous game is the, the last game we played in 5-3. That was a bit of a mad game, wasn't it, Anfield, when we lifted the trophy? Um, I don't know. I mean, 4-3 last week against Leeds. They they, they beat um, Brighton 3-1, was it? So, I think there'll be goals in it, for sure. Um, I think... I've just got a wee feeling Salah's on form and I think he loves playing against Chelsea. So I fancy Salah maybe to get another couple of goals. I reckon about maybe a two or three one victory for Liverpool. I don't see them um, really threatening Liverpool. And I think because of the mistakes we made last week with, with Van Dijk and a few other little situations, I can see Liverpool not wanting to do that again. And uh, at the end of the day, if you want to be league champions, you've got to beat the likes of Chelsea because Chelsea aren't, they're not, they're not a top two side no more. They may be top four side, top six, but I mean, what did they finish last season? I think it was a third or fourth. I can't quite remember, but you've got to beat these teams or at least not get beat. So I do think we'll win. Um, how do we see the game going? Yeah, a, a wee bit edgy, but I do think there'll be goals. I just think the way that the football is now with no no crowd, it's they are almost like training games. Mm. And you know yourself playing training games, there's always goals, you know, as, as opposed to actual games. I'm not saying the intensity's not there, but I just feel that when you've got players like the Werners and Salas and Manes and they like to see Giroud if he plays and stuff. There's, there's goals all over them. So, fancy goals, but fancy Liverpool victory. And I'm thinking I'm going to go for a 3-1. Um, and just a side note, I think Lampard's done a good job a good job with Chelsea. Um, they were lucky not to win the FA Cup. Um, 
and I think he, I think to get in top four was just unbelievable with, with the squad he had because he couldn't make no signings. But boy, if they made up for the summer, haven't they? With you know, all the signings that they made. So um, yeah, I'm going for three one victory club. I think it'll be a tight enough game, but I think our class will ultimately prevail. Um, and if it doesn't, I'd be worried because if they get a wee hammer blowing us early, I think we've got Arsenal coming up soon as well and stuff. And the dynamics of the league this season could be really different if we don't you know, nail in the coffin type of thing over the next couple of weeks against Chelsea and against Arsenal because these teams have got confidence yeah. now and they've got great two young managers in the likes of Arteta and Lampard and I think if Chelsea beat Liverpool it could be for them I think their inspiration will be to beat us to give, to give a mark to you we're in this title race so I think if we like we did last season against City if we demolish Chelsea I know it's very early doors but I think it'll be a, a bit of like a, a wee nail in the coffin a wee you know, land in the sand we're still Liverpool we're here to win as I say as Klopp said we're not going to defend this league we're going to attack this league so yeah what about you what do you think yeah, I think I agree with you. If you if you want to if you want to be the best, you've got to be the best, haven't you? And I think Chelsea are setting up to be one of the top four teams this season. Like, and I think a few of the pundits, um, as they've gone through this at the start of the season, a few of them have picked Chelsea to be either first or second this season. Do you think that they're going to make that much of a leap? Um, because they've brought in absolute quality, brought in some real solid good players, but also have got a base there. They're not doing like a, a Fulham last time they came into the league and buy 12 players and hope that they all gel. They're bringing in a few players. Uh, Lampard's integrating them slowly. He's not just throwing them all in. Uh, and he's got a good nucleus of already great players. Um, he's got the likes of Jorginho. He's got the likes of Giroud who's playing really well. Tammy Abraham and all these Can't boys. Um, he's, he's got a real solid team already. And then he's got boys that he's bringing in to bring competition uh, and to hopefully help just improve that team a bit. And I think he's setting them up well. But yeah, I think Liverpool have got enough in it to do them. They've got enough in it to beat them. I think Chelsea's back line, yes, they're bringing in Thiago, who, yes, is a quality player. Um, but Chelsea's back line is always their weakness. It's always been their weakness. Uh, even when they had John Terry. John Terry was a great player and Carvalho in the centre-back uh, and even William Gallas and things like that. Um but they've always leaked goals. Chelsea have always been classic for leaking goals. Um, and Liverpool, you hope if they're firing the way that they should be firing, hopefully you need... This is the thing, though, is that you need all three of our front three to perform. Yes, we got away with it against Leeds with Salah playing the way that he did. But I think against a team like Chelsea, if you haven't got Salah and Mane and Firmino all firing on all cylinders, I think we'll struggle. And I think we will. It will be a tough one. And I think Liverpool's defence has got to... Sure up, but but classic of what Liverpool's been like over the last five, even ten years, um, is that Liverpool turn up against big teams. So so looking at the Leeds match and looking at the defensive errors that we made, I won't be sitting there going, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna absolutely get smashed by Chelsea and they're gonna score ten goals past us." No we turn up against, big teams and I think I think Liverpool will show up against this big team. Uh, I think we'll do well. Generally, we've always done well at Stamford Bridge, but at the same time. There's no fans at the minute, so it's not it's not the same situation uh, in any way, shape, or form. So it'll be an interesting one. But yeah, I'm going for I'm gonna go for a three-two Liverpool. I think I think it is going to be a scoring game. Um, but I th- yeah, I think Liverpool led you. I'm going to go three-two. I think it'll be a tight one. I think in this type of game, for me, it's the result that matters, not the score. Um... All I can say is don't get beat because it just it would give them so much confidence so early in the season. You know, Chelsea beating Liverpool and I just you couldn't listen to Chelsea fans as well. You know they're like the the the, 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 the typical Chelsea fans about twenty one, twenty two, and the, uh, <laughs> before that they were they were they were Arsenal fans or, or whatever, and um, they think that they have dominated football for their whole life. And you know, ten ten years ago Chelsea were a mid table team like so. They need they need the take Man City fans these days. You know, hey, you just. Just good to put Chelsea in the box because I I think when you look at institutions in world football, you look at your Real Madrid, your Barcelona's, and um, your Juventus's, and you know Liverpool and Man United are definitely within you know those institutions in world football. But if you chat to a Chelsea fan, they think they're in that, and they're just not. They're just not even close. You know, I hate kills me to say Man United, but they are. Man United are in that class of you know in in world football. They're up there with the Real Madrid and Barcelona, and Juventus's, but so are Liverpool. But Chelsea are not. And it's just good to put them in a wee box because although they're a good team and they have won the league plenty of times, money talks, doesn't it? And you look at the money that they've spent, again, it just goes to show that 
you know, this Abramovich boy, whatever yacht he's hiding on, he's still got plenty of money. And uh, <laughs> money's never been an object for him, you know. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I was actually chatting to someone yesterday. For those who don't live over here uh, and don't know much of the situation, one of the things I do is go into a lot of schools throughout the year. So I do a lot of different uh, youth work events and different things like that. Um, and what I find is that generally, if you chat to boys in secondary schools in first year and second year now, they're all Man City fans. And any boys that you speak to who are like sort of 15 to 19, 15 to 20, they're all Chelsea. And then you've got then, once they get older, the, the Liverpool fans, your Man United fans. So there seems to be like a run of whoever's doing well at the time. And we were talking about these institution teams. And I think, like, be, be right or be wrong, I think Newcastle are one of those teams as well. And we were talking about the whole Mike Ashley situation and, and the team being the way that it is. And I said, one of the things with Newcastle is that even if they don't get bought over, even if Mike Ashley's not doing a great job with the club, the fans support the team no matter what. They've gone down into the championship, they've not yeah. done well, but the fans support them. The fans still pack out the stadium every week, they buy the shirts. I said, the thing is, is that if Abranovic was to stop putting his money into Chelsea, they'd lose half the fan base because half of them would get off and stop supporting the team. And that's the, that's the difference <laughs> in an institution. You could imagine that if Liverpool suddenly went bankrupt, ended up getting dropped into League One or the championship, we'd still pack the stadium every week. We'd still yeah. sell shirts in the millions. Chelsea wouldn't. And that's the difference yeah. between an institution and a good team. Um, and as I said, Chelsea are a good team and they're playing really well at the minute. And all of this talk will be absolutely pointless if they smash us on Sunday. But I, I, think, Liverpool, I think Liverpool will do them. And I think it'll be a tight game. It'll be a good game. I think Chelsea are going to finish right up there this season. But uh, yeah, I think Liverpool you need to lay a marker down in this game. Yeah, I think the difference here and Klopp will be saying in the dressing room will be like, right, stamp the marker down. This is the, it's, it's the second game of the season, but it's important. And um, you, if you look, look back a little point to the season last season, there's a few points, there's a few um, games where Liverpool stamped the marker down, the City game being one of them. Uh, the Lallana equalised against United. And it's the team in and around it that you just can't get beat against. And I think uh, to get beat against Chelsea would be a, a tragedy. Mm. I don't think it would be season the final for us, but it could be for them. So yeah, um, hopefully we win. And as I say, you're going three two. I'm going three one. So we're, we're not too far away with our predictions, are we? Yeah, we're not far off at all. Um, before we go on to this quiz to finish off, I don't think we can do this pod without talking about the the potential of Gareth Bale going back to Spurs this week. Um, he turned up at Real Madrid's training ground <laughs> this morning. He's meant to be flying over at some point today. So there was medical, uh, and he's meant to be going to Spurs on loan for this season. Um, what do you what do you make of this whole Bale story and him going to Spurs? Do you think the Spurs obviously have been sitting around top six for ages? Do you think adding the likes of Gareth Bale is gonna put them up there in that top four? No doubt, um, Danny, that is quality. We were chatting kind of in, in the break there about him. Um, I think he's thirty one, but he's a young thirty one. I think he's still got plenty in the legs because he's he's done a lot of bench warm, hasn't he? The last couple of years, I think Gareth Bale doesn't get the respect he deserves. He's won everything. Mm. Um, that 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 final few years ago against Liverpool, he, you know, he, he come on and he changed he changed the game. Simple as that. He won the Champions League. Um, he's pacey, he's fast, he's got a powerful shot. Um, he'll sell shirts to Spurs as well, and he, he you know he's, he's been there, he knows the club, new big stadium as well, and the fans coming. I think it'll fit perfect for him, and I think yeah, watch the space for Bale because if he does go, um, I don't think he's going to be a flop. I think he's got something to prove, and I think he's too good of a player that he'll he'll it's too good of a player that he'll just want mediocrity. You know, he's not going to do like an Alexi Chances. Or a Falcao, you know, like these great players have come in mm. to the Premier League with all these expectations, you know, and Sanchez and Falcao kind of do nothing when they come in. Sanchez yeah. was alright for Arsenal, yeah, but if you if you get the gist of what I'm getting at, I don't think he's just going to come in and live on his reputation. I think he's going to come in and, and he's still only 31. He's still got three or four years in him. I think, yeah, if he signs his Spurs, then um, put it this way, I, I won't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy him playing against Liverpool because he's he's so he's so good, so so good. What about, yeah. what what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's a solid signing. He's someone I would love to have at Liverpool. He's a he's a great player. You'd even watch him now turning out for Wales, and he's still sharp. He's solid, uh, so pacey, so threatening. Obviously, most Liverpool fans remember him for that Champions League final a couple of seasons back, and uh, he came on and just changed the game. And I think him and Zidane haven't got the best relationship, and I think that's why it's been as etchy as it has, and that's why he hasn't had the game time. It's nothing to do with his quality because. For me, he's up there in top 10 in world football. Fair enough, fair enough. 
Now, the other what the other piece of news which has literally come out in the last half an hour, like while we've been doing this podcast, is the fact that Liverpool have made the move for Thiago. Twenty million pounds yes. rising up to twenty seven uh, with add ons, and it looks like we're actually going to get him, regardless of whether Gina Wijnaldum goes or not. Um, do you think it's worth it after watching that first game in Liverpool? Do you think he will add to the team, and do you think he's worth buying? Well, in, in the game, we trust. At the end yeah. of the day, for me, I said last week, I don't think we need another player. But then the whole debate with Coutinho, didn't it? Well, we needed him. I'd say he could fit him. Thiago, similar type of player. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he'll, he'll, he'll improve the squad. Um, big, long season. So, um, got experience. He's, he's got the pedigree. He's a winner. Um, yeah, I think he'll, he'll improve the squad. Um, and if we do get injuries, it might be a blessing in disguise because at the end, they live haven't really improved apart from the left back. So, yeah, welcome to Liverpool. Hope he does great. Um, and yeah, um, I just think it'll be another addition to an already great squad, you know. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think that was the one thing that we've seen. I think obviously Fabinho coming on really helped secure that back line. Um, but one of the things I think that we were hoping to see out of the likes of Keita this season and uh, different players like that was that moment of magic, those through balls that just sort of split teams apart and give you a plan B. Uh, when the sort of counter-attack and fast-paced option isn't necessarily working. Uh, and I think Thiago will give us that, uh, which is what we need. I think Wijnaldum does it to a certain extent, but he doesn't have the goal scoring in him. Uh, and I think Keita does it to a certain extent. He's got the goal scoring, but he's not always sharp with those sort of magic through balls. And that's why Coutinho was mentioned so often, because he had both. Uh, and I think Thiago's got both, and I think he could really add that into Liverpool's midfield, which will give us a different dynamic on last season when sometimes we didn't necessarily look like we had a plan B. Like in the Atletico game in the Champions League when we got knocked out and stuff like that, we looked like we didn't have a, a plan B option. I think Thiago gives us that, uh, which is which is nice. So hopefully we see that develop over the next day or two. Uh, but as we go to finish, what we're going to do, last week Amo threw some quick <laughs> questions at me. Um, to, so you can get to know us a little bit better one of the things that people have been asking about and when we see people out in the street and they ask about the podcast is being able to uh, know who we are one of the things with podcasts that you don't see <laughs> places too often um, so it'd be it's nice big to... mouth scouts is the more than just that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's the majority of what we are but we are, so yeah. we are other stuff as well um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a quick fire question round with Ammo <clears throat> so we're going to put some music on and then we are going to Hit you with some questions uh, and see how you get on. So let's. (laughs) Here we go. Right, let's go. So, first one best player you've ever seen play for Liverpool? Gerard. Doesn't. No one else comes close. It's, you know, he's he's, uh, just captain fantastic. Uh, He did everything. For me, one of the best players in the history of the game. Um, And yeah, Gerard, simple, easy peasy. Cinema upon goals for human. Um, <laughs> team team that you hate Liverpool playing against Chelsea it just does over the years the, the, the teams have had some quality players and we've had some hustle and muscle matches with them and it's always been 50-50 you know what I mean and, and you, you go into games against Chelsea and you're like oh and they've beat us in some big big games and we beat them in some big big games but when you, you remember the defeats more than you remember the victories so yeah hate playing Chelsea because it's just they've always always got quality and there's always someone I remember in the years gone by Drogba bullying us so bad bad memories <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> um, if you could sign any Premier League player right now for Liverpool which one would you sign I oh any Premier League player right okay um, Aubameyang I think that he's proven quality and he would be someone that could come in and challenge that from free um, and he wouldn't be happy sitting on the bench so as we've discussed before maybe Aubameyang up front and then Firmino dropping in so yeah, we're off the shadow without a Bamiang, you know. Cool. Uh, quick answer to this. You have to sell a Liverpool player right now to raise funds. Which one are you selling? Uh, Carrius. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the safe option there. <laughs> <laughs> um, best ground you've ever been to? Best ground, Wembley. Oh, gosh, a new camp. Oh, I don't know. Um, Anfield, obviously. I, I don't know. Um the best ground I've been to is Wembley because it's, it's it's just it's, it's unbelievable. I know I've been to Wembley, listen to this, I know what it's like. Um, but for the best atmosphere, I mean, I'm not I'm not even gonna like it's Anfield. We're a hundred percent Anfield. There's no atmosphere like, like Anfield ever in any other stadium ever. So yeah, 
Um, best stadium I've been to Wembley. Best atmosphere, Anfield. Sure. Um, favourite football shirt you've ever worn? Favourite football shirt that I've ever worn? I like the uh, old school Liverpool candy one, you know, um, but the grey one. Not the, not, not the red one, I like the grey one. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, for me that one. Last question, very, very random one sent in. What would you rather eat for the rest of your life, KFC or McDonald's? Neither. <laughs> I hate hate fast food. <laughs> I hate it. Nah, Danny. I would if I had, if someone had a good head, I would say KFC. But uh, it's only because the gravy's nice. But after that, I don't like fast food. So yeah, there's so if somebody will look at me and my, my my body shape and be like, yeah, of course you like fast food. I don't <laughs> junk food. My issue, but nah, don't like don't really like McDonald's or KFC. So um, neither. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's the end of the questions. Can I just add to that last question, though, in the fact that Ammo hates fast food, but we currently started this conversation at half past nine in the morning as he sits next to him with a kebab that he got from being out last night <laughs> that he still has in his room that I'm sure he's going to demolish at some point today. <laughs> Can we just make a point that I bought that very drunk and uh, st- still haven't even touched it? So, uh, yeah, that helps my, uh, <laughs> my course. But on that note... <laughs> I think I'm in need of a shower and a, a big glass of water. So <laughs> it's been a good pod this week, Danny. Thank you. It has. I've enjoyed it. It's been good. And hopefully we'll be able to report next week on a Liverpool win. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to get a couple of bits of feedback. And if anybody wants to be a part of the pod, give us a shout because we love having guests on. and We love having the reactions and views of people, uh, especially as we go into this title winning season. So thank you very much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.